Welcome to the Bayside Church Weekly Message audio podcast, Frankston. Okay, our theme for this year is Refresh, and Pastor Rob launched that a couple of weeks ago at our Vision Week, and we're going to continue on with that this morning. So why don't we pray, commit our time to the Lord, and then we'll get into the Word of God. Father God, I just want to thank you for the incredible opportunity to share your Word this morning. I pray, Father, as we, as we go through the pages of your precious book, that you would make the Scripture come alive to us, that as we read, it would jump off the page, Lord, and lodge in our heart, and that it would provide nourishment and truth for us, that we might uh, hang on to that and cling on to it, Lord God, and live by the truth of it, and we might see the fruit and the blessing that comes from your word in action, we pray in your name, Jesus, amen. Amen. Well, holidays mean different things to different people. And if you've ever observed a conversation that goes on at our house each year about planning for holidays, you'll see two very different points of view. There'll be Sonia's point of view and my point of view, and usually I lose. Sonia, Sonia's idea of a holiday, of refreshing, is to go away, sit on a banana lounge beside a pool in some sort of tropical climate and just do nothing for a week or so and completely unwind. Who's, who's in Sonia's camp this morning? Do we have any, any, any Sonia you know, fans here? My idea of a holiday is to seek out adventure, explore stuff, go and do 50 different things in a day and come back completely exhausted. Do we have anyone in my camp this morning? Yeah, all the guys like yeah, my style of holiday, all the girls like Sonia's. Somewhere in the middle we meet. We have, uh, we have a bit of relaxation in there. We have a bit of excitement, a bit of fun, a bit of adventure, a bit of exploring. We were planning a trip away, and I, I actually ended up just laughing out loud as we were having the conversation because our views of being refreshed and relaxed couldn't have been different as we were planning the holiday that we actually didn't end up having. Um, not because we couldn't agree on it, but uh, things didn't work out. And refreshing is an important thing for each one of us to do. And it doesn't just happen if we do nothing. We need to plan for it. And we need to be active in making sure that we have time to refresh ourselves during the year. So during this year, you'll need to make an effort to be refreshed. You'll have to exert yourself to become refreshed this year. Last year, we didn't take holidays. Sonia started a new job as a teacher at a school nearby. And we wanted to keep holidays free so that she could do any leftover marking or curriculum preparation, you know, all of those things that, that uh, teachers need to do to make sure the term ahead is a good one. And we didn't plan any holidays, although normally we'd go away uh, once or twice during the year. We thought, we'll just relax at home and chill out and enjoy ourselves at home. Well, who knows that that never happens? Because while you're relaxing at home, you see the, the thing in the house that needs repairing. You see that little bit in the garden that needs to be fixed. You see all of those things around the house that take your attention away from relaxing. And at the end of the holidays, you, you realise that you haven't had a break at all. So we made a decision this year that we are going to get away, uh, at least for some stage, and, uh, and have a break. So you need to make some intentional effort to be refreshed. And can I encourage each one of you this year to plan ahead to make sure that you have regular intervals during the year where you can take some time out to be refreshed. We need planning. Jesus, 2,000 years ago, said it's more blessed to give than to receive. And Solomon, 3,000 years ago, said, he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. 
And uh, it's not just a holiday that refreshes, but it's the very act of refreshing others that can also bring refreshment. Even though I enjoy holidays, I need to make sure that I'm focused on who can I refresh to make sure that I'm also in that cycle of refreshing. Uh, Proverbs 11.25, of course, is a key scripture for us this year. But today, I want us to have a look at uh, the book of Philemon. And I just realized as I did that, I left my Bible down under my chair or beside my chair. So thank you, Camille, for bringing that up to me. And if you have your Bibles here this morning, can you turn to the book of Philemon? Yeah, now only one of you is excited about that because all of the rest of you are thinking, where is that? If you go to Hebrews and turn left, you'll find it. It's, the very, uh, it's only a very short book, one page, just before Hebrews. Very easy to miss. Page, what page is it? 994. And we're going to read the whole, whole chapter, uh, which is the whole book. It's only one chapter long. And there's going to be some truth in here that we bring out today uh, on the area of refresh. Now, to give you a bit of a... Well, actually, I'll read the book first, and then we'll cover off on some of the background of why Paul was writing this book. So verse 1. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker, to Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, actually the correct way to say that word is Archippus. Don't you love that? But I'll just say Archippus, it's a bit nicer. The microphone ends up in better shape if I say it that way. Our fellow soldier and to the church that meets in your home, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. I think that's a fascinating verse, isn't it? That as we share our faith, we gain a full understanding. I don't know if any of you have ever shared your faith in the past, but isn't it amazing the way that God moves through you as you share your faith? In fact, I often wish I could record some of my conversations because it's in the course of sharing my faith that some great stuff comes out. And uh, you just realize that the Holy Spirit is, is moving in a way that is so far beyond even our normal understanding. He does. He reveals us, gives us a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ as we share our faith. Verse 7. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. Therefore, although in Christ I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do, yet I appeal to you on the basis of love. I then, as Paul, an old man and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he has become useful both to you and to me. I am sending him, who is my very heart, back to you. I would have liked to have kept him with me so that he could take uh, your place in helping me while I am in chains for the gospel. But I did not want to do anything without your consent, so that any favour you do will be spontaneous and not forced. Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back for good, no longer as a slave, but better than a slave, as a dear brother. He is very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. So if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing with this with my own hand. I will pay it back, not to mention that you owe me your very self. I do wish, brother, 
that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I ask. And one thing more, prepare a guest room for me, because I hope to be restored to you in answer to your prayers. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you greetings. And so do Mark, uh, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. An amazing little book that was written by Paul around 60 AD, about the same time that he wrote the book of Colossians, or the letter of Colossians. Paul was a prisoner in Rome in chains, and uh, through some, some means, we're not sure how, he came across Onesimus. Now, Onesimus was a slave who, we believe, stole something from uh, Philemon and did a runner. And perhaps there's a little bit of Onesimus in all of us. We're all sinners doing the runner in some degree until God's grace intervened and rescued us. And so Paul had an opportunity to share the gospel with uh, Onesimus. He uh, became a Christian. And Paul now is writing back to Philemon to saying, look, go easy on him when he returns. Uh, what Onesimus did would have been worthy of death. He could have been put to death for stealing from him. A slave stealing from his master was put to death. And so Paul is writing here to say, go easy. Welcome him back as a brother, not just as a slave. And that's another thing in the scripture that I'm constantly amazed about is that uh, uh, the whole issue of slavery isn't really addressed by any of the New Testament uh, writings. However, it was 1,700 years later that God stirred up uh, many Christian folk to protest against the issue of slavery until it was abolished. Isn't that incredible? We read about Wilberforce and many others uh, in church history who were agents of God to end slavery. But at this time, slavery wasn't on God's agenda, and Paul's saying, don't release him, but welcome him back as a brother. Not just a slave, but a brother. And, uh, and the book gives us some great insights into the whole issue of refreshing. Verse 7, those who refresh are great to be around, Paul's saying. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. Okay, before we look at that any further, we want to go back to Proverbs 11.25. And it says there that he who refreshes others uh, will himself be refreshed. So there's a key, that we need to be refreshing others if we're going to be refreshed. And the words and the language used by Solomon here when he was writing this, this proverb give us some insights into what refreshing really is. This verse gives us uh, a great insight in the word rava, refresh others. Rava, to quench thirst, also translated to bathe or to satiate, to satisfy, to abundantly soak with water. You can all imagine on a hot summer's day, just being soaked in water, being refreshed. And that's what this word is, rava. And then also the, the response to that, if we refresh others, we will be refreshed. The word there is a little different. It's the word yara. So we have the rava yara. Is that ringing any bells? Perhaps in, in Australian it might be the River Yarra, the Rava Yarra. That's a good way to remember it. And that word actually conveys uh, water again, to flow like water, but also uh, something different, something additional to that. Uh, and it, it uh, conveys the thought of an archer or perhaps someone shooting or casting or aiming for a particular target. We could perhaps say that this scripture is saying to us that as we refresh others, we're putting a big target on ourselves to be refreshed. I like that. I can imagine that as we go about refreshing others. You know, have you seen any, uh, any good war films lately? Perhaps with planes involved where they get a missile lock on a target. 
the target goes red. You hear the beeping, and you know when the beeping happens, you're in trouble. There's lots of beeping, and there's a missile inbound. Well, perhaps that's what this verse is saying, that as we refresh others, there's a lock on us, a big refresh lock that happens. And the favour and blessing of God is targeted towards us so that we can be refreshed because we have been refreshing others. In fact, the passage in, uh, in uh, Proverbs chapter 11 is a great one. And why don't we turn there? Because there's a whole lot of give and take in this, uh, in this passage. Proverbs chapter 11. And verse 25, or verse 24 we'll start with. One man gives freely, yet gains even more. There's that principle at work, that truth at work, sowing and reaping. If you give, you'll gain even more. If you withhold, you'll come to poverty. Verse 25, a generous man will prosper. I love the word prosper there. It means to get fat. Who wants to be fat? If you're generous, you'll get fat with the blessing of God. I love it. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Uh, and in verse 26, people curse the man who hoards grain. In other words, who's not outward bound, who's not giving, who's not releasing. But blessing crowns him who is willing to sell. So for that person who doesn't hold on to things, blessing comes. Verse 27, he who seeks good finds goodwill. If you seek good, goodwill comes to you. And so there's a whole principle here in Scripture of sowing and reaping, of giving and receiving, not just in a financial sense, but in an emotional sense, in a generosity sense, and also in the area of refreshing. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 7, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Again, we see that principle at work even in the New Testament. Jesus said also in Matthew 10, 42, Whoever gives a cup of cold water to one of these little ones because he is a disciple, I assure you, he will never lose his reward. So as we bring refreshing to others, perhaps even a cup to one of these, as Jesus was talking about, uh, because their disciples will never lose our reward. There'll always be uh, a, a term or a time of refreshing for us as well. And it's interesting there that Jesus makes the distinction about uh, those within the house and outside of the house, those in the family, outside of the family. He says, if you do it to a disciple because he is a disciple, uh, you'll never lose your reward. Jesus will have an eternal reward laid up for you for that very act that you've done. Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, we must work for the good of all, especially for those who belong to the household of faith. And again, Paul here is stressing the fact that in reaching out to our community and in loving our community, we don't ignore the needs that are within our midst. So as we look around this morning, we could see many people that are in need of refreshment. In fact, if I look in the morning, each morning in the mirror, sorry, each morning, I look at someone who needs refreshment. I look at myself, I need to refresh myself. Perhaps you're the same. And uh, as we think about our community and pray for our community, we also need to keep one another in mind as well and how we can refresh one another. We'll have an opportunity to discuss that in just a moment, perhaps how we might do that. C.H. Spurgeon was a great preacher. Perhaps many of you have heard of him. And he, uh, he put this thing, uh, this thought in this way. The general principle is that in living for the good of others, we shall be profited also ourselves. This teaching is sustained by the analogy of nature. For in nature, there is a law that no one thing can be independent of the rest of creation. But there is a mutual action and reaction of all upon all. God has so constituted this universe that selfishness 
is the greatest possible offence against his law. And living for others and ministering to others is the strictest obedience to his will. Our surest road to our own happiness is to seek the good of our fellows. We store up in God's own bank what we generously expend on the behalf of our race. To get, we must give. To accumulate, we must scatter. To make ourselves happy, to get good and become spiritually vigorous, we must do good and seek the spiritual good of others. Amen? Isn't that a great way to, to phrase it? That was C.H. Spurgeon um, probably a hundred or so years ago. Also, if you have your Bibles, why don't you turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and we'll read this uh, principle at work in the New Testament as well. Many of you will know this passage of Scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6 to 10. Often this one gets read out at offering time. But not today, Gary. Well done. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, everyone say all, in all things, at how many times? All times. Having how much? All that we need. You will abound in every good work. As it is written, he has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. What a great passage of scripture. God doesn't want anyone to feel forced in doing this. He wants it to come from a willing and a voluntary heart. He wants it to come from a happy heart, a hilarious heart. The Greek language actually says he wants us to be hilariously generous with all that we are and all that we do as we bring refreshing to others. Amen? Okay, so we know it's important to be refreshing, but how can a person be refreshing? Well, we're going to look at that in just a moment. But before we do, we're going to have a little bit of a Q&A time here at Bayside. You happy about that? Yeah, we're only going to ask for volunteers, though. We're only going to ask for volunteers, and I'm going to get your thoughts on what a refreshing person is to you. Now, we can all picture those people, can't we? They're the people that you want to be around. They're the people that say, hey, I've got 10 minutes spared. Do you mind if I pop around? And you're happy at the prospect of having them come around. There are the other type of person, not refreshing. Draining, they say, I've got 10 minutes spare. I need to come over. I want to come over. And you go, oh, no. Perhaps you know that person. It might be a family member. It might be a neighbour. It might be you. So I want to get your feedback this morning. So Camille, would you like to be my roving reporter this morning? You're going to grab this mic and I'm going to grab uh, Kiara's mic, which is that one over there. And we're going to get the Q&A going. So do we have any volunteers this morning? Uh, it's probably because my love language is words of affirmation, but I just love people who speak words of affirmation and encouragement. Beautiful. That refreshes me. So are you all listening, taking notes? I need to say words of affirmation and encouragement. There's one way you can become a refreshing person. Christine. 
um, someone who has a, a positive attitude and when you're talking to them, a friendly person and someone who has a genuine interest and love for you. So someone who has a positive attitude and someone who has a genuine interest. I couldn't imagine anyone here who has a more positive attitude than you and is more friendly and is more interested in people. So everyone picture Christine in their mind. That is a refreshing person. She is. She's amazing. <laughs> I always love it when I see you walk into a room, Chris. Big smile on your face. Wonderful. Tani. The, the first thought that came to me is someone that's refreshing has ownership of their own refreshment, if that makes sense. So they understand that they need to be in a place of fullness to then overflow to others. Wonderful. So they're constantly refilling their own tank. That's a great idea. I love it. Thank you. Uh, my name's Steve. And I just found that years ago, everyone who used to come used to bring something, like bring a cake, bring some coffee, uh, bring food. I think that's refreshing. I and love I, the thought and, of that. And I think that, you know, when people walk in my house <laughs> with something in their hand, you know, don't you love that person? Yeah, you know? I, I love them already. And, and the people with grey hair like me <laughs> will remember the days when people visited and actually brought something. Does anyone actually remember those days? Yeah. <laughs> and the people that come on uh, bring nothing and come to a barbecue, uh, they're the takers. Well, that's a very good point, isn't it? We, yeah. When we when we visit people, do we actually bring something with us and and just bless the person who whose hospitality we're sharing? And I think Christianity is in what you actually do, and they um, don't really listen to you if they actually mm. don't see it. So they don't see Jesus in you, rather than just your words and that you go to church. Fantastic. So I think that's good to actually walk into someone's house next time you go to someone, just take something. So food. Well, something good, not like a packet of, you know, out-of-date Tim Tams or something. <laughs> Although Tim Tams, even when they're out-of-date, are still good. They can never be bad. <laughs> Tim. Um, I really enjoy when um, someone puts themselves out for you, when you're in a time of need or you have something and you go there and they're like, yeah, yeah, come on over. But while you're there, you realise that They've put them. They've put something on hold to make that time for you. Wow. I think that's, you know, that sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, is really refreshing. So you feel refreshed when people go out of their way to make a difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. I like it. So we've got we've got a good range of things. Haven't we? We've got food. We've got uh, acts of service, words of affirmation. Fantastic. Yeah. I just love meeting with people who make me laugh. I find laughter is refreshing. Laughter is refreshing. Yes, good for the bones, the Bible says. All right, maybe uh, one more. We have another one over here, Nichelle. Lucky last today. Camille's getting fit this morning. Thank you, Camille. <laughs> Sometimes we tend to think of all the, the good times in it and one thing I've learnt with uh, when you're going through difficult times that the genuineness of people and just the willingness to sit down and have a cup of coffee or not even to necessarily talk about stuff but to have time for someone to just hang out and mm. I've found the, that a rich reward in, in getting to know someone's character. Fantastic. 
Fantastic. Aren't they great ideas for being refreshing? And you can uh, take a note of some of those because if you think that's a good idea, why not put it into practice for yourself and become even more refreshing than what you already are? I might switch microphones, Camille, if I can. That'd be great. Okay, well, Jesus said, do to others as you would have them do to you. Be like the person you just wrote down, or that person that we've just heard about, I should say, a refreshing person, not a draining one. And Oscar Wilde said something quite funny a while ago. He's quite witty. He said, some people cause ha happiness wherever they go. Some people cause happiness whenever they go. All right, so be the, be the former, not the latter. Cause happiness wherever you go, not whenever you go. Okay, so there's two features of a refreshing person that we're going to look at this morning. And the first one came through in some of the thoughts there that I think, Chris, you might have expressed. And that is that refreshing people are friendly. And we're going to look at some verses on that this morning. So write these down if you have a pen and a piece of paper. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 4 says, A person's words can be life-giving water. Words of true wisdom are as refreshing as a bubbling brook. And Proverbs Chapter 25, verses 12 to 14, in the Message Bible, or Message Translation, I should say, reliable friends who do what they say are like cool drinks in sweltering heat. Refreshing. I'll say that again. Reliable friends who do what they say are like cool drinks in sweltering heat. Refreshing. Proverbs 27, verse 9. Just as lotions and fragrance give sensual delight, a sweet friendship refreshes the soul. And that came through this morning in the feedback. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 29 says, A friendly smile makes you happy, and good news makes you feel strong. There's those words of affirmation, Frank, at work. Proverbs 18, 24. And this, this, uh, this verse wins the Stating the Obvious Award. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. Yes, that would be a fairly obvious one, but something we don't always think about, is it? We need to be friendly to have friends. And, uh, and you can also see uh, that at work in Romans chapter 15, verse 33, and 1 Corinthians 16, verses 17 to 18. So refreshing people are friendly. They're also interested in others. They smile. A smiling face is a refreshing face, isn't it? Not a draining face. They listen. They show compassion, understanding, and they speak words of life and wisdom. Now, who's heard of Dale Carnegie? I've heard of Dale Carnegie. I've never read his book, although my father did have a copy of it on his bookcase uh, shelf. Uh, and he was the author of a book called How to Win Friends and Influence People. Although I think some people have read the other book that he didn't write, which is How to Lose Friends and Alienate People. But, uh, but he wrote a book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And uh, he said this, he said, you can make more friends in two months by becoming interested in other people than you can in two years by trying to get other people interested in you. So don't be selfish, be interested in others. It's not about being loud or extroverted either. You don't have to be the life of the party to get to know people. Uh, you can be quite reserved and that's okay. But it is about... Um, uh, it is about having a genuine interest in others. And I think as followers of Christ, we should have a genuine interest in others. Amen? It's Christ was interested in us. He wanted to find out who we were. He took the effort to leave heaven, to, uh, to, uh, to walk this earth with us. And so we need to do the same with those around about us. We need to be interested in them. Uh, all it takes is to look people in the eye and to smile and to speak up. 
and uh, engage with them and converse with them. The second aspect of a refreshing person that we want to look at this morning is that refreshing people are kind. And if you have your Bibles, let's turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. Two Timothy chapter one. We'll look at verses sixteen to eighteen. But I'm going to read from the Message Bible. God bless Onesphorus. Now, if you had a name like uh, Onesphorus, Onesiphorus, I should say, you would need to be blessed, because your school life would have been a challenge with that name. But God bless him anyway, and his family. Many's the time I've been refreshed in that house, and he wasn't embarrassed a bit uh, that I was in jail. The first thing he did when he got to Rome was look me up. May God on the last day treat him as well as he treated me. Amen. Refreshing people are kind. Tim, here's someone who's gone out of his way to be kind to Paul, and he found that incredibly refreshing. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 25 says, An anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word cheers him up. And uh, over the next 40 days or so, from Wednesday night, we're launching our 40 days of prayer and fasting. And I was just thinking about what sort of difference we could make as a church in our community. Well, imagine if, if we all made a commitment to doing an act of kindness a day, a random act of kindness for each day of those 40 days of prayer and fasting. Maybe we'll do other things too. Maybe you'll uh, you know, give up coffee or chocolate. Uh, maybe you'll go without TV or computer games, dare I say it, not looking in any general direction here this morning, but, uh, but, but perhaps there's something that you'll give up over the next 40 days. But imagine if we all made a decision to, um, to do a random act of kindness. Now, there's about 200 people here at Bayside Frankston that call this part of the world home. And there's 40 days of prayer and fasting. Imagine if we did one a day. That would be 8,000 random acts of kindness that occur in our community in the next 40 days. How powerful would that be? I mean, that could make quite a difference in the lives of so many people that are in our community. Bayside Church as a whole, 2,200 people times 40 days of random acts of kindness. That's a lot of kindness flowing through our community. We can make a difference if we all pull our efforts together. So perhaps you want to do that. Random acts of kindness, coffee. Uh, perhaps instead of the money that you spend on coffee, you put it aside and donate it to the forever home. Perhaps you'll do a mixture of things, but we'd love to see you here on Wednesday night for the launch of our 40 days of prayer and fasting. Now, you do get this year a day off. We're going to give you a day off a week. We're going to follow the principles of Lent in the lead up to Easter, uh, and we're going to have one day off. Now, you can choose what day that's going to be. Gary, I think you were going to choose Saturday, weren't you? Perhaps Sunday, perhaps another day of the week where you don't have to be kind. No! Be kind every day of the week. Don't take a day off on that one. But whatever it is, if, if you're really hanging out for a coffee by the end of the week, okay, there's a day of the week you can have a coffee. Perhaps there's chocolate. You know, you can, you can store up your whole week's worth of chocolate on the pantry shelf, you know. I would have had that piece of chocolate on Monday and I would have had that on Tuesday and those out-of-date Tim Tams on Wednesday and whatever it might be all through the week and save them up for Sunday where you can go absolutely crazy and pig out on chocolate on Sunday. Whatever it might be, we're going to give you a day off this week during our 40 days of prayer and fasting. And I'm so looking forward to it. It's going to be a wonderful time uh, in the church. And, and prayer and fasting is not a hunger strike. 
You know, it's not just about a hunger strike. There's, there's an element of that. Going without food is, is humbling our body, and we know that God gives grace to the humble. But, but fasting actually is also about what it does and what it brings to the community, if you read Isaiah, about what a true fast is. And so we want this next 40 days of prayer and fasting to be an amazing time in your life, in the life of your family, and in the life of this church and our broader community. So why don't we pray this morning? Father God, I just thank you for the, the privilege and the opportunity of sharing your word today. Father, we've covered many scriptures today and looked at many different aspects of being a refreshing person. And I pray for each one of us, Lord God, there would be something in that that would lodge in our heart, something that, that flicks a switch in our life so that we can be even more refreshing, so that we can be even more impacting on the lives of those around about us, Father. Perhaps there's, there's something in those scriptures that, that you've, you've tweaked our conscience with, there's something we're doing now that is draining. Perhaps there's something we're doing now which is, which is sucking the life out of other people. And Father, we pray that through this message this morning, we would turn that around and we'd be no longer draining, but we'd be refreshing. One verse that God spoke to me many years ago before I was a follower of Christ was from John chapter 16 and verse 33. And it always brought refreshing to me. I never understood it really at the time, but... But the verse is this, it says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And to me as a teenager growing up apart from God, that verse cut through everything and reached my heart. And I always took comfort in that verse. I was always refreshed by it, that no matter what I was going through in this world, whatever trial, whatever tribulation I was going through in this world, Jesus had overcome the world. So it didn't matter what the world could dish out, Jesus had it under control. I gained a lot of refreshment from that, a lot of encouragement from that, and eventually placed my life in his hands. We hope you enjoyed listening to this weekly message audio podcast. If you'd like to listen to more messages and find out more information, check out our website at www.baysidechurch.com.au. Church has changed. Check it out.